Are you ready to change your life? Are you ready to climb your ladder? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to the High Hopes Initiative Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome to the High Hopes Initiative Podcast. Hope everybody's having an awesome, awesome day. Hope everybody had a good 4th of July weekend, spent time with family, got to relax, uh, unwind, and you know, take a little bit of time off work. If not, there's some of us who have to work through holidays, so I'm there with you. I, uh, I'm sorry for you, but hopefully it's doing something that you love. Uh, so for today's topic, we're going to be diving back into the leadership uh, topic, and this is, when I introduce the topic, you might think to yourself, like, why is this leadership, uh, you know? really not related to leadership and uh, personal development, but, well, no, actually, this is more personal development. You know, it's a combination of leadership and personal development. So before I butcher it anymore, the topic of the day is going to be interviews. And just a really, like, 30,000-foot view of, you know, how to best prepare for them, uh, some common questions that might come up, and really thinking about some well-crafted answers so that you can just knock the interview out of the park and get the job or the promotion or whatever you're you're going for. So uh, before I get into the meat and potatoes of the podcast today, just want to say if you have not checked out the highhopesinitiative.com, what are you doing with yourself and what are you doing with your life? You're missing out so much on everything. No, no, uh, seriously, you're not missing out on your whole entire life's work or anything, but uh, please check me out on highhopesinitiative.com. Have uh, some blog posts up, and uh, you can find the links to the podcast on there, in addition to some other stuff. And um, the first 20 people that reach out, submit the uh, Contact Me Now form on the homepage of my website, get a free 30 days of coaching with me from whatever you want, whether it's leadership or uh, kind of setting some goals, personal development along those lines, but free. No sales pitches, I promise. Won't try to sell you anything. Just want to get to know you, want to help get you in a better place in your life um, and really, you know, kind of go on the journey with you, see what I can do to help you. And who knows, you probably could help me. So I'd just love to start that that two-way conversation. Check out the website. One more plug, highhopesinitiative.com. All right, now getting into the topic. The topic is interviews. And before we really, really get into it, I, I've had like probably at this point in my life, I'm 31 years old, hundreds of interviews. Um, maybe not hundreds, but a lot. And I've, I've butchered interviews. I've done very well at interviews. I've had interviews where I thought I did well and I didn't do well. And I've had interviews that I thought I bombed. And I ended up getting offered the job. So interviews, what can you do to prepare for them? What are some common questions that you'll most likely be asked when you get in there? And just how do you really set yourself apart from the rest? And really the high level, the brief summary of, of overviews and how I look at them, it's an awesome place to either make yourself look spectacular at, with your compliment, accomplishments, uh, what you've done the team you've built, you know, your leadership style, or it's a place to completely embarrass yourself. If you get off on some rambling tangent, avoid directly answering the questions that are asked to you. I mean, you can really do some to yourself a detriment and embarrass the heck out of yourself. Um, But I mean, this is a place where 
the subject of the conversation is all about you. So you would think it would come naturally to talk about the thing, the person we know the most about, the life that we are currently living. Why wouldn't that be easy to talk about? Um, it's us. It's living, breathing us. Look at ourselves in the mirror every day. We know what we did every day. So why is it so hard to talk about us? And it really is because most of us out there are very, very humble people. And, you know, we don't keep a running tally of the awesome things we're doing in our daily lives at work, what our teams for whom we're responsible for are doing, which if we are their leaders, you know, that falls back on us. Being a leader is being responsible for everything that your team does or fails to do. So you have to encompass all the good and the bad, but, you know, interview, stay positive, capture the good. And we're just not good at, at documenting that stuff during the course of our careers. So I challenge you if you're listening to this and thank you so much for listening to this. I think this is only episode five or so. Thank you so much for listening to this. But really, as you're sitting down at your desk or driving to work or in the gym, uh, like where I am when I listen to podcasts, start like writing down stuff that you're doing at work. So that whether your performance appraisal comes up and you're, you're going to ask for that raise or you want to leave the company and find another opportunity, you know what you've done and how you've brought value to the organization and you know, make sure to capture those quantitative things like increased sales by X percent, uh, personally developed and you know uh, got raises for three employees, stuff along those lines, stuff that are that are numbers that are not subjective but objective. So someone who has no idea about your previous organization or the current one that you're in can step away and be like, wow, I understand what that means. You increasing sales by X percent, increasing this and decreasing cost by this percent. Okay. I don't know really what all that company was about, but I, I can understand that. That's kind of like apples to apples. Um, so yeah, really a, a great place to highlight talking about the, the thing that we know best ourselves. And you don't want to embarrass yourself. You don't want to go in there not prepared and just ramble because hiring managers, and I've done plenty of interviews too, will see right through that and you will get written off pretty easy. At least I write people off pretty easily. Uh, rambling shows a sign of nervousness and you know it's very, very natural to be nervous. You should be a little bit nervous for an interview. I've done hundreds of interviews and I still get the little butterflies in my stomach when I go in for an interview. But I'm nervous because of the questions that I am, I'm not sure that they were, they will ask or the questions that I will have to think on my feet on because I know, and I practice so much of all the common questions and my answers and, and talking them out loud to myself that I know when those are just like the softball getting put up on the, on the little league tee right in front of you and, and give me the bat when you ask me one of those questions and I just smash it because I'm prepared. I thought out my answer ahead of time and I know that I'm going to knock it out of the park when I get those questions. But what makes me nervous are the unknowns, just the the, the left field questions that you're like. Uh, I think uh, one of you guys on LinkedIn when I was I was had a couple of posts about weird questions um, that you've been asked in interviews. This was uh, Deepak Adhikari said that he was asked how to describe the someone the color yellow to someone who is blind. Like, not in a million years would I ever think of that being an interview question, but. I mean, hiring managers or whoever's interview will, will do that because they want to keep you and want to see how you think under pressure. And unless I'm severely mistaken, there's no right answer for that particular question, but put you under stress, make you think on your feet and just kind of see how you perform when you have those constraints put around you and are forced to act quickly under pressure.
Uh, so before we like talk about the actual interview, things that you should do when you just like leading up to the interview, say like the day of the interview, you want to make sure that you're dressed appropriately. Don't wear like a flip flop and and jean shorts unless like that is the company culture, some hip startup out in Silicon Valley. And that's what they do. I was always told to overdress for the position. Not like I'm not going to be stepbrothers and get a, a tuxedo to, you know, a job that requires me to clean bathrooms. And then I'm not going to awkwardly fart either in the interview. But, you know, that, leave that at stepbrothers. So if you want to see what not to do in an interview, hell, just watch stepbrothers. That'd be a great example of what not to do in an interview. But uh, make sure you dress appropriately. Don't underdress. If, if you err on the side of dressing, you know, you're not sure, overdress. You want to look as professional as you can. Uh, one of the questions that you can ask uh, the recruiter, whoever has been reaching out to you during the preceding this part of the hiring process, ask, you know, hey, what, what's the corporate culture? What, uh, what do you guys wear in the office every day? And he or she will most likely tell you, oh, yeah, it's business casual or, or uh, you know, hey, it's okay to wear jeans or something like that. If someone tells you to wear jeans, my personal opinion, two cents for whatever it's worth, is wear like a suit. And maybe you don't throw the jacket on or put a tie on, but just look professional. Someone said this to me before, and I'm I'm not saying whether I agree or disagree with it, but like dress for like your boss's job. So dress to the level of the person who will be your boss at this new position. So that's a technique. I, I always overdress because it was just it's been ingrained in my head from infancy to always overdress for interviews. Well, actually wear a suit for interviews, but kind of become a little lax on that and uh, still overdress anyway. All right, number two is do not arrive too early. You should always be early to interviews, and I'm always early to everything. Like I'll get there even an hour before the interview starts, but like I'll sit in my car. And like start going over stuff. This is a great time to practice. I'm not saying you need to get there an hour earlier, but if you do, like I do, I will sit in my car. I'll look at my resume. I will ask myself the questions that I'm preparing. I'm prepared to answer out loud, and I will speak my answers out loud so I can hear what I'm saying and make sure I don't sound like a buffoon. This may seem stupid, and you know it's really awkward at first, and you know some people make fun of me for doing it, but actually like forming your thoughts in your mind and putting them through your vocal cords and and projecting them out of your mouth, the answers that you will have to these questions will give you the most honest and accurate way that you're going to answer these questions. So it may seem weird, but do it. This is going to be the best practice because you're going to get asked these questions and guess how you have to answer. You have to answer by processing it through your mind and speaking your answer out. So you can have the most beautiful, well-crafted answer in your mind, but if you can't communicate that verbally... you're going to look like a buffoon and, you know, maybe might, might start rambling. So, um, if you get there early, like an hour early, sit in your car and practice, you don't want to be the guy that gets there an hour early, checks in at the front desk and then awkwardly sitting in the waiting room for an hour, staring at people as they walk by and everybody sees this dude in a suit sitting in the lobby. Oh, what are you doing here? Well, hi, thank you for asking. I'm here for an interview. And then by like the the 10th person that does that, you're like, this is kind of awkward let me just go sit in my car. But then by that time, it's too close to the interview, so you don't want to go awkwardly sit in your car. So sit in your car up front, go into the actual waiting room of where the interview is going to be or or the office or whatever it is, maybe like 10 or 15 minutes early. So it shows them, it shows the hiring, it shows the company that you are 
a punctual person that you, you arrive to things on time and like, okay, you know, that's a good first impression. This guy got here early so that we can start the meeting on time, the interview on time. And, you know, it's a good first start. Don't get there late. Uh, that's, I absolutely despise when people are late. So don't be that guy that gets there late. If I'm doing the interview and you get, you get there late, you already have like minus one point, unless there's some extreme circumstance or emergency that happened. Um, and if that's the case, like, and you tell me that, I can tell whether you're sincere or not. If you're just trying to hide that you you snoozed a couple too many times and that's why you're there late, the hiring manager is going to see through that too. Uh, point number three, when you get there, you need to be nice to everybody. You need to be extremely polite to everybody from the janitor who's mopping the floor when you walk in to the reception. You need to be extremely, extremely polite because not saying it always happens, but the what the hiring manager might do is ask those people what they think of you, you know, completely because how you treat the people that you will not work for or how you treat people that, who are not your boss is a pretty good indicator of what kind of a person you are. If you're just going to be mean and be a jerk to people who, you know, maybe, oh, there's the janitor. He is beneath me. Yes. Yes, servants. Scrub those floors. Mop those floors. No, like, hey, sir, how are you doing? Oh, great. You know, hey, I'm here for an interview. Can you show me where the front office is? You know, give him a smile. You never know if that janitor or whoever the first person you walk into the door with is like somebody important in the company related to the person you're interviewing with. So treat everybody with the utmost respect and be polite to everybody. Not only should you do this for interviews, like just be that person all the time anyway, right? Just be a polite person to everybody and you'll be amazed at at how how life, you know, how great life is. Just be nice to everybody. It's awesome. Smile at everybody. Be nice to everybody. It's just a great way to live, quite honestly. Uh, point number, I think, four that we're on is practice in your head. So I kind of went into that early when I was talking about getting there really early and sitting in your car. Practice in your head, and then when you're actually sitting in the waiting room, so kind of in the progression of steps here, when you're sitting in the waiting room, maybe 10 to 15 minutes early, sit there and you know start asking the questions yourself in your head. Just get the reps in, get the reps in, because you know you know what the interview is going to be about for the most part. Um, so use that time instead of just being on your phone playing Clash of Clans to continue to practice and you know rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. And then we will take this to the last step when the person comes through the door into, rece- uh, into the reception area, wherever you're waiting, have a firm handshake. Don't be the dead fish. And then don't be um, you know the mountain from Game of Thrones where you just crush his hand, his or her hand to show that like you're a dominant alpha male, not the time guy or girl who's listening to this. Give a firm professional hand handshake, make some good eye contact with whoever's coming out to greet you. Say, hi, I'm Ian. I'm here for the interview. Nice to meet you. Don't use my name, use your name, but hi, I'm so-and-so I'm here for interviewing for this position. Nice to meet you. And then you'll probably be taken back for the interview to be conducted. All right. So once the interview is underway, Probably the first question you'll be asked, and this is like nine out of time, nine out of ten times, this has been asked of me. And then when I'm doing interviews, I try not to be that guy, but it's always the same thing because it's just a very natural place to start a conversation. So the tell me a little bit about yourself question. So this is your elevator pitch on why you and your experience are just the best for this job. So something that's been ingrained in my mind for any kind of pitch or, you know, even presentations 
is to do so in this way. Be brief, be brilliant, and be gone. So you're going to have, if you ask this question, you're going to have about two minutes that you need to know exactly what you're going to say, the exact points that you're going to make to tell this person why you are the person for the job, why this company wants to hire you for the job. And things to not do. So this is not the time if someone asks you, tell me a little bit about yourself. You don't want to go into your personal life unless that's asked. Unless someone says, oh, well, how many kids do you have? Um, yada, yada, yada. If you go down that road, absolutely. Um, go down that road with the person doing the interview. But tell me about yourself. Well, I have three kids. I like flying drones on the weekend and going in the gym. I'd be like, dude, the interview's, interview's over, man. Good try. Try, try somewhere else. So, so don't do that unless it's prompted by the interviewer. Don't tell your life story because it's not relevant to the purpose that you're there either. Um, don't say, you know, I grew up in uh, suburban Chicago. I moved from there when I was eight to uh, move to Detroit because my dad got a job. And, you know, no, no, you're there to pitch why you are the guy or gal for this job. What you did when you were eight years old, nobody wants to hear about it. If I'm doing the interview, unless like something's striking on your resume, I'm, I'm not going to want to hear about it, what you did when you're eight years old. When I was eight years, eight years old, I was like watching Power Rangers and stuff. Irrelevant. Irrelevant to the job. And also do not regurgitate your resume like line by line because the person more than likely has your resume in front of him or her. Uh, whether it was from the recruiter, whoever got the interview for you, or even if they don't have it, you should have a copy for that person. But you're going to get into your resume later in the interview in a little more detail. So now is not the time to be like, well, as you can see, I started at no, 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 no. If you, what you pull from your resume for this pitch should be like three to four points that are relevant to the position for which you're applying and how that makes you the best person for the job. So how to answer this question, you, you want to concisely and intentionally summarize your background. So pull two to three points from your resume that makes you stand out. And you want these points to be proof of performance, things, quantitative actions or results that occurred because of your direct influence. So whether it's, you know, increased sales, decreased costs, did this, implemented these systems, these processes, wrote this SOP. Um, personally developed this number of employees, things that are quantitative that the person will understand. So you want to concisely and intentionally summarize your background, show a couple proofs of performance pulled from your resume. And the last step here is you want to uh, let the person know why you're looking for another job. So, you know, I've done this, this, and this, and I'm, you know, I'm looking for new challenges at this point in my career. Okay. So never say anything negative about your current job or previous employers, because if you come off with any sort of negativity whatsoever, the hiring manager will likely assume that you will just bring that negativity to his or her company. And personally, as a hiring manager, I don't want any of that anywhere close to me. So if you give me any negative vibes, no, not for the, not the job, uh, not the person for the job. So do not say anything negative about your company. Even if you worked for the worst company in the world or you're currently working at the worst company in the world, never say anything negative. Make it that you are looking for new challenges, new opportunities, and keep it at that. So here's an example I pulled from biginterview.com. So um, just kind of running through these steps we talked about. So 
tell me a little bit about yourself. So, hey, uh, my name's Ian. I'm an innovative HR manager. I have eight years ex- of experience in managing all the various aspects of HR functions. You know, I've done recruiting to some training and benefits for medium and medium size and Fortune 500 companies. Oh, wow, that's great. That's great. Yeah, you know, I've spent the last six years developing my skills in customer service for X company. While I was there, I was awarded several performance awards and was promoted two times. And, you know, I just really enjoy and I love managing teams and coming up with creative solutions for problems. So example two, obviously I'm not a customer service manager or else I would have come up with something better to say than that. And, you know, tell us, well, why are you here today? You know, I really like my current role. I really, really do. But right now I'm at the point of my career and I feel that I'm ready for a more challenging assignment. And, you know, when I read the the description of this job online, it really excited me. So I, I thought I'd be a great f- fit for the team and wanted to apply. Something along those lines. So did a little bit of ad lib there uh, while I answered these. But whatever your elevator pitch is, and it's going to be a little bit different for the job function you're interviewing for or your background or your experience or career field, practice. And I think if you go in this format, that it's a pretty good foundation for how to look like you you know what you're talking about, you have good self-awareness, and you're not rambling trying to come up with stuff about yourself. Because again, nine out of 10 times, uh, no citations on that, but nine out of 10 times is the first question you're going to be asked. So I think that's the most common question. And probably the second most common question you're going to be asked by the person doing the interview is what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses? And I mean, who wants to talk about their weaknesses and who wants to talk about their strengths? I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty awkward to talk about things that like, I'm really good at this and I'm really bad at that. But the person asking you this is testing your, like your self-awareness. So what, what do you know that you're good at and what do you know you need to work on? So one of the most common approaches for this and something I agree with when talking about weaknesses, at least, is turn your weakness into a strength somehow. And a couple examples of that are things to say, and only say these if they're true, because the hiring manager is going to be able to tell if they're not true, but I'm a little bit too critical of myself, or sometimes I attempt to please everyone. Um, Or the one I I like to use because it's true is I'm a little bit too detail-oriented, and and that's a negative because sometimes I'll, I'll spend too much time focused and get maybe tunnel vision on on the details where I can either delegate that or you know the details for that particular thing don't matter. So I, I would be better used, my time would be better used doing something else. Okay, well, it's a weakness, but I mean, it's kind of good too because this dude likes uh, you know looking at details and is detail-oriented, great. So if, if you can, and if you can't think of anything else, Google it or use one of those three that I just mentioned, but turn your your weakness into a strength. So you're not, you know, I'm just, I'm terrible with people. I'm, I don't wake up early. I, uh, I I don't like to work. I'm, I find myself quite lazy. Don't say things like that. Pick what you're going to say ahead of time and, and turn it into a strength. So that's really, as far as Gump would say, that's all I have to say about that. But uh, just kind of to summarize everything. So do the stuff I told you in the podcast, but then just some things like, remember in the interview, your body language is going to tell a lot about you. Um, it's going to tell if you're confident or not. So be confident in the interview when you're asking or when you're answering questions, make sure that you're making solid, but not awkward eye contact with people that you're really, you know, you're, you're making that engagement with them when you're talking. So um, it, it's just, 
it's the professional thing to do. And it also says a lot, a lot about your character too. So be confident. Don't use any maybes or sometimes, you know, be confident. If someone asks you a question, answer the question, be direct and answer the question. Don't say, well, maybe, you know, this is, maybe I would do this or sometimes, or it depends. Like, no, this is, you asked me the question, this is the answer. This is what I would do. Or this is, it's a yes or no question. Yes. Or how would you do that? I would do it this way because I've done it this way and I've seen X results. And then, so we'll say the interview went well. And, um, you know, as you're, make sure you have questions at the end of the interview. So at the end of the interview, when someone asks you, well, do you have any questions? If you don't have any questions, it looks like you don't care. And it shows that you haven't done any research about the company. So whether you sincerely don't have any questions, like Google the company and and come up with like three questions, like make up some questions so that the hiring manager sees that like you put some time in outside of this interview to think about the interview. Don't have to be super, super deep questions, but like, you know, so what's the, you know, I've noticed, I noticed this when I walked in and the culture seems this way. What, what can you tell me about that? You know, great, great. Or, you know, I read it you guys were on a Yahoo um, news article and I saw that you were doing this, which looks really exciting. Can you tell me about this? Yeah, sure. Just show that you're interested in the company and that you put a little bit of thought into the interview before you showed up. And uh, final question when you're leaving for you to ask is, you know, when can I expect to hear back about, you know, the, the next steps? You may not hear back. I've had more than more than half of the hiring managers not call me back if I didn't get the job to tell me I didn't get the job. But they, you're looking for something like, we have a couple more people that we're interviewing and you know we expect the next steps to begin in two weeks. Okay, great. I'll, uh, I'll expect to hear something from you then. And then after, when you go home and maybe 24 hours, 48 hours later, just follow up the interview to whoever arranged it or you know if it was the hiring manager directly. Hey, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to interview me for this position. Really excited at this opportunity. I really appreciate the opportunity and I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing back from you in, in three weeks or whatever, whatever uh, the person said. All right, everybody. So that wraps up uh, the podcast on interviewing and wow, it's like we're pushing 30 minutes here. I was, again, this was kind of unscripted. I just had some chicken scratch written notes here. But uh, yeah, like interviews are a big deal in uh, the professional world. And once you get really good at them, like I think I am at this point, I mean, it's something you can help your team with. I mean, you want, if you're a leader on a team, you want those under you to, to get better, to, to push themselves, to, to move on, to progress through their careers, whether it's in the current company or with another company, you want them to be the best and, and reach their maximum potential that they can. So being able to coach those under you in interviews is going to be huge. And it's going to give you a lot of credibility as a leader that you're willing to do that for those people. Even if like, if, like I said, it's outside of your organization shows that you are genuinely interested in the people that work for you and you want what's best for them. So thank you so much for listening. Um, flew by and, uh, please, if you haven't checked it out already, highhopesinitiative.com, follow me on LinkedIn ian.roth and the number one and please if you uh, feel this podcast is helpful share it with a friend a pal a work colleague whatever and i look forward to seeing you again next time thank you so much